0: listening to Husky Talk. Today we are here with Jason Campu. Jason is 47 and is from Ottawa, Canada. Last year Jason had a bad axe injury involving his head during the Yukon Quest. Hi Jason, how are you?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm good today. Good. Um. So before we start our interview with you, we are going to test your Iditarod knowledge. We have five Iditarod questions for you. Are you ready?
1: Yep. Who
0: won the first Iditarod?
1: That was I just watched that movie. Oh, I'm drawing a blank.
0: It was Dick Wilmerth. Okay. Who has won the most Iditarods?
1: Uh, Rick Swenson. Yes. You are
0: correct with five. Who founded the Iditarod?
1: The Reddington.
0: Yep, Joe Reddington. How many dogs can a musher start with this year?
1: Fourteen.
0: You are correct. Now we will ask you a few questions. We all know that last year you were involved in an accident during the Yukon Quest. First of all, can you talk to the listeners about what the Yukon Quest is?
1: So the Yukon Quest is the other 1,000-mile race that takes place, uh, and it rotates one year, starts in Whitehorse, the next year it starts in Fairbanks, and uh, it's a, also a 1,000-mile race and con- also considered one of the hardest races in the world with the Iditarod.
0: Wow. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about your accident. Tell us a little bit about your accident during the Yukon Quest.
1: Okay. Yeah. So we were uh, we were getting my team and I were climbing uh, Rosebud Mountain, which is the I believe it's probably the highest peak in any race uh, in the world. And when we got to uh, Rosebud Summit, uh, fellow musher um, Unep was was stuck on the on the mountain in front of me with his team, and uh, we tried to. I tried to figure out what the best action plan would be to try to help him and to get up myself. And so I decided to, uh, to try to pass him and have his team follow me up. And when I did that, his team ended up getting tangled with mine a little bit. And uh, so he ended up, his team ended up going back down the mountain. And I was standing on my sled, and when I saw him coming down the mountain, he was his dogs were charging, and he was sideways. His sled was sideways, and he was dragging behind his sled. So uh, my natural reaction to help was I tried to reach over, reach out to him, and when I did that, the dog sled on my team turned left and were now at a ninety on the mountain, they didn't go down the mountain, but they, when they turned rapidly like that, my sled flipped over as I was reaching out the other way and I landed and hit my head uh, on the ice. And I guess I had suffered a concussion. And I wasn't really aware of it at the time because uh, when I went to the next checkpoint, I was talking to Hugh and I asked him if he was okay and he had said, are you, he goes, am I okay? He goes, I was worried about you. I thought, you know, something bad happened to you. And cause I guess I was out for quite some time on the mountain and he had seen that. So ended up that I must've suffered uh, and been unconscious for a while. And, uh, but when I did get up, my team straightened right up and we, uh, his team was now right behind me and my team just got up, went, and his team followed me up, and thankfully we both ended up up the mountain safely after that point. Wow. So then then after the uh, the next few checkpoints, I didn't really realize how uh, severe it was because I've dealt with concussions before in the past, playing hockey, professional hockey, and so at this point, when I went to when I went to get, uh, when I went to leave one of my last checkpoints, um, everything was fine and I was leaving Eagle and all of a sudden, when I after I camped out uh, and fed my dogs and did all my chores, I just started losing uh, functionality and control of my body and started getting really dizzy and, and kept falling over and I knew something was wrong at that point. And uh, luckily, we had uh, spot trackers, so I had hit, hit the help button, knowing that something was going to happen. And sure enough, it did. And I guess I lost consciousness and passed out. And luckily, uh, a great uh, son and son, son and father and uh, their mother they all two of them came and rescued me on a on a snowmobile and took care of me uh, during that time.
0: Wow, that sounds like it hurt. That's, that's a
1: lot. Yeah, it was, it was more, you don't really realize the times that you're basically, you know, your, your, your biggest concern is always your dogs, and, you know, you're always trying to look after your dogs, and, which I, which was, was what I was doing, but when I realized, that if something did happen to me, uh, I needed the help so that my dogs could be taken care of as well. If I, if I went down, uh, you know, I'd be in trouble, and so would they.
0: How did your injury affect you and your family?
1: Uh, it's been tough. It's been a tough road uh, to recovery, just because uh, brain injuries are always difficult. And it's something that doesn't get fixed overnight, but we've been working hard. I've had a lot of support from my family and my wife Jan and my daughters Jess and Mac and, uh, and the rest of my family and, and basically been a lot of uh, a lot of exercise and eating healthy and I'm finally having an appointment on October 16th uh, with a brain specialist. To see uh, what's gone on and uh, how things are now, and if I'm going to be able to uh, to run this next upcoming year.
0: Well, wow. so you were signed up for the Iditarod last year. You ended up not running. Can you tell us who took your spot?
1: That's correct. Uh, Larry Dougherty took my uh, took the spot for me, and he ran the team for me and did a great job. And. uh... Yeah, he was uh, he was very excited. He had run Iditarod before, and um, it was a tough situation because uh, obviously I wanted to run my own team, but at that point it wasn't feasible, and the dogs and I had worked so hard all year to train for the Iditarod that I felt it was only fair just because I was hurt. Uh, I felt it was not fair if they didn't get the run, so... Larry had asked and, uh, we talked about it and he was, uh, super excited. So he was able to run them for me and did a great job doing it.
0: Wow. So talk to us about how this injury will affect how you train this year.
1: Well, the first thing I can say is I'll be wearing a helmet this year, <laughs> uh, which, which is probably recommended for anyone cause you never know, you know, what can happen out there. Uh, but I'll be wearing a helmet will be the biggest thing and just protecting my head. And the right now we're in fall training and just doing our regular sessions. And, you know, those are quite, uh, those are shorter runs right now. And again, once I find out October 16th, uh, what the final update is, then I can, you know, assess better how we're going to go forward. But, um, if everything gets cleared and, and I am okay, uh, we'll stick to our normal training routine and program. And the biggest difference, like I mentioned earlier, will be be wearing a helmet uh, for safety in case of anything uh, that was ever to happen again.
0: Do you think that your accident affected your dogs?
1: Uh, I do think it affected my dogs from a standpoint of you truly become uh, a family, and especially not only do I hang out with them every day of my life. In the in the summer, we have a play yard here. Where, you know, they get to play in the play yard, and I hang out with them. And you know, you're feeding, looking after them when they're sick, and you know, every day there's that bond that you build, and that only gets and when you start racing, it goes to another level. And the trust between you and your team is, is probably one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. And one of the things that I love about this sport is, is that bond. And I think when I did get hurt, um, you know, our race ended right there. But I think, you know, the dogs were truly, truly worried. And when I got reunited with them, you know, every one of them was all over giving me kisses and licking and hugging and <laughs> It was just a, a great feeling to have them there, and I think they were happy to see that, that I was okay, and I think they knew what, what, what was going on to a certain extent, and, you know, we we now, uh, it just makes our bond that much stronger going forward, and, you know, it is, it is one of the neatest experiences that I've ever had, and being part of that team, I've uh, been a part of a lot of hockey teams, but this team is, when it's... When you're responsible and you're the guardian looking after your team, it's a pretty great feeling. And when you have that respect back from your dogs, it's an even better feeling.
0: I totally agree with you. I have three dogs at home. And one of them, I have I have a dog named Mitch. He just, he's the sweetest little guy ever. He is.
1: Yeah. Um, They're very special, aren't they?
0: Yes, mm-hmm. they are. So, have you had any setbacks because of your concussion? And if so, what are they?
1: Uh, I think some of the, the some of the uh, toughest parts have been with the accident. I suffered some fragments of bone in my neck and uh, some slipped discs, So, that's been the hardest part is just dealing with the you know the the rehab of of my neck and shoulders and. Just dealing with that type of pain, and uh, that's been the hardest part. And then obviously other stuff that comes along with concussions, um, like headaches and stuff. And and it's just it's trying to uh, keep yourself keep yourself grounded and and you know continue to research and study ways that can help improve uh, improve yourself every day. <laughs>
0: What would you say is the hardest part of the Iditarod?
1: I think that the hardest part is, is probably uh, being able to deal with sleep deprivation and being able to stay focused and making sure that you're doing the right thing by your dogs and and, and understanding your team and what your team is capable of and making sure you stay within those boundaries of not pushing them harder than what they're able to do. So those are types of things where on the Iditarod, there's a lot more to it than just getting behind the sled and running, is, you know, you start in... We started in July, uh, and, you know, we started in July for a race that starts March 3rd, but really, you know, every day with your dogs is, is is training towards that race so i think it's there's a lot of things that go into it and a lot of people don't realize how much work effort money time goes into it and you know the reality of it is is like you mentioned about your three dogs it's the same with ours is that if you don't love dogs and you don't love the the camaraderie of that teamship then it won't work but I think when you truly care about your dogs, you do right by them. And keeping clarity and battling sleep dep- deprivation allows you to do the right things on the trail.
0: It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about the hardest race you've ever done?
1: I think the, the hardest race, I guess it would be the two races, it was my, my rookie year. When I, I tried to do, well, I did do. Yukon Quest and the Iditarod in the same year as a rookie. Um, it was probably good that I did them both the same year because I didn't know any better. Uh, but it was uh, that was probably the biggest, deepest learning curve I've ever had in my life and I really uh, gained a respect for what all my colleagues are doing and competitors are doing and to go through to get to where they're at and I think that was the uh, you know those two races that year really gave me a good idea of what what it was all about and obviously last year's accident you know made it tough not so tough just for me but it made it tough on you know my family and friends and sponsors and everyone involved with me because you know it was a stressful situation and obviously I hated anyone having to go through that including my dogs or myself but you know that's what happens when you're competing is you know and you're you're doing an extreme sport like that anything can happen and you know you need to be prepared for it and again is is preparation is key to to being successful in the sport do
0: you have a favorite race
1: yeah i think the i I mean my I like, I like all the races I do, to be honest. Uh, I really enjoy, my family really enjoys the, there's a race called the Canadian Challenge down here in Canada that's held in Saskatchewan. Every year we really like that one, and obviously, you know, love the Iditarod and the Yukon Quest, and the thing about these races is, you know, how many volunteers there are that give up their time and sacrifice their time, and deal with the harsh conditions, and that's the part that's amazing to me is how much people care, and I really found that out last year with the unbelievable uh, care I got when I did get hurt from the Yukon Quest and all the people involved in, in helping, getting me to uh, safety, and, and it was a, a incredible feeling.
0: Can you tell us a favorite memory from, a ra- from any race you've had?
1: Yeah, I think my, my favorite memory, um, you know, there's lots of them, um, and there's lots of ups and downs uh, when you're racing. I think the, the biggest thing for me was my first 1,000-mile race, finishing the Yukon Quest, and hugging my leader, uh, Spider, who I still think is a lot smarter than I am. Uh, he, and looking at all my dogs and the reaction of when we, accomplished uh, our first thousand mile race together it really was a, a satisfying feeling and it wasn't about where we placed it was about running our own schedule and and completing what we had set out to do and i think that was probably the best feeling you know i've had and also coming to the finish line that year and i did a rod and having my whole family at the finish line in gnome it was a pretty special feeling to share that with them and I think racing there's a lot of other people involved and, and having that support from whether it's handlers my handler this year Pat done an amazing job the last two years and 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 again my wife and kids and my dad and my parents my brother they sisters they all help make this work and that's the biggest thing is is not only your team of dogs, but your team of, of supporting cast of, of other people that are involved, make it all possible, and that's the best feeling, is being able to accomplish what you set out to do, and sharing that with uh, the people that are closest to you.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So, the next part of a show we call Brain Freeze. We have five Would You Rather questions for you. Are you ready? Yep. Harry Potter or The Hunger Games? Hunger Games. Hot or cold weather? Cold. Halloween or Christmas? Christmas. Dead silence or really noisy? Silence. Read the book first or watch the movie first?
1: Watch the movie first.
0: Okay, so this final question we are asking all of our guests. If you could go on a sled dog trip with anybody, living or dead, who would it be and why?
1: I think I think if I was able to go on with anybody, it uh, would probably be able to, my current family and friends have all been able to participate, but it would be nice to be able to, uh, my two grandfathers were very involved with my hockey and uh, with me growing up, and both of them are no longer around, and it would be uh, a real special treat to be able to show them what we're doing now and the next step we've taken in life as a family uh, with the dogs and the dog sledding. It would be really cool to, to have them on a sled and, and take a ride with them.
0: One more. What's your favorite song?
1: My favorite song, I have lots of them, but I would have to say, uh, "Don't stop believing." By Journey.
0: I like that one too. Yep. Thank you for sharing with us your story today, Jason. Hopefully, more people will start wearing helmets when they run dogs.
1: Yes, and that's uh, that's everyone's choice. But uh, like I said, is you know for any kids starting or anyone that's involved in any sport, uh, safety is key, and you never know when something's going to happen, and I learned that last year, and I'll be wearing a helmet this year, and hopefully, uh, you know, more people more people catch on, but again, it's a choice, and, and I understand uh, if people don't, but I definitely will be.
0: Please subscribe to us on iTunes and tune in next week. We would also like to give credit to Hobo Jim for our stream song, Delighted to Trail Song. <coughs> Enjoy a clip from Jason's favorite song, Don't Stop Believing by Journey.